I started Coffee with Humans as a way to make meaningful connections. See, I believe when people on individual journeys cross paths, real good can come from that. And in that sacred moment, we have the opportunity to do three things. Name reality and describe the future we want. Destroy things for our good by moving on from that which no longer serves us. Create or recreate ourselves, moving us to the reality we describe. That's the essence of Coffee with Humans, making the world a better place. One conversation at a time. Well, good day to all of our viewers and leaders here on, on Humans. I, I am live with Coach Min K, who I met about eight minutes ago, and we have personally talked about, about nothing. It's <laughs> a couple tech check check before before before. But we've got a lot a lot of fun. Uh, I she sent she sent, sent through a brief paragraph of of, of things that's about, and they're all, and they're all that I know and love too. So. We're, we're in for a good uh, time together. So thanks for everybody. And Min K, welcome, welcome to Cooth Humans. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jason. Uh, so we, I don't know, where are you in the world? I live in Los Angeles area. All right. Yeah. Los Angeles. That's awesome. Uh, yesterday, I talked to a person from New York City. Oh. Uh, by of, uh, she's originally from... Malaysia moved to Australia and moved to New York. Uh, so we get people all, all over the world, and I love, I love it. Uh, so, in in what inspired you you to click click the, to have coffee? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I remember you sent me that message of like, hey, come on coffee with humans on it's a, a webpage called Audrey and I've been you know, trying to connect with other podcasters on it. I'm a podcaster myself okay. and I saw it and I was like, all right, this is actually the first message that somebody else had sent me through that website. So I was like, okay, I'm going to click on this. I'm going to check this guy out. And on your webpage, I think I scrolled down and one of the first links was scheduled time with me to talk on talk live. And I was like, Oh, this guy really just wants to talk to anybody and everybody and is open. And I was like, if he's open to it, then I'm open to it. And I just wanted to, and I clicked the link and scheduled with you. It was awesome. so simple. So simple. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I went, I did go to that site, Audrey, uh, to f find out, um, a way of increasing, increase, uh, I think the, the, the connections with, with other, um, yeah. Yeah. Other casters and video, video cast casters. So, so what, are, what is your pod, your pod, your video cast about? My podcast is called What's Your Calling? It's, I help people find what their purpose is in life and turn it into a career. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How long have you been doing, doing that? I started that in August. Well, I started the podcast in August, but I started this coaching, career coaching thing about two years ago. So the podcast is very new. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what what are you? I'm curious. Curious. Find like what's what inspired to help people. I'm, I'm assuming I'm making a big broad assumption that you help you help find their calling uh, uh, by way of this. What, what inspired you to, to do that? Well, I had started coaching people on finding their calling because I myself went through this long struggle of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I've been trying so many different things. I used to be an engineer. I used to be a consultant. I tried to be a yoga teacher. I tried to be, you know, all kinds of things. Um, I tried to get into medical school. I tried to get a graduate degree and it just, nothing seemed to work out for me. And I kept hitting all these dead ends and getting really frustrated and upset and not knowing why, what I was doing wrong. It was like, you're trying really hard and you're being, you're getting successful at certain things, but then it's still not the right thing. And then you get really upset. And I was just hitting all those roadblocks. And I finally figured out how to find what was meaningful and purposeful to me. And I wanted to start helping other people do that because I know the struggle of my life, what it was before I was doing something that I love to do every day. And I don't wish that on anyone. 
you know, it doesn't feel good to do something that you don't like to do for eight hours a day because you have to make money, right? Yeah. You want to be doing something you love doing every day so that you feel good about yourself. You feel good about living. You feel good and you want to wake up and seize the day. You want to, you want to actually go to work, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. wouldn't that be amazing if everybody in the world actually wanted to go to work and enjoyed their work? I, yeah, I agree. I, I think somebody is, it was some time when somebody told me, uh, you know, we spend the best hours of the day, the best day, days of the week, the best weeks of the year at work. Uh, so, so we might as well love of what, what we do. And if we don't, don't, you know, then, then, then it's, it's not necessarily that we're wasting our time. That's, I don't think we go so, so that so far as to say that, but, but we're not being as, as um, true to who could be living as, as if we, we uh, exactly. in, in, as if, as if maybe we, some of the things that we feel like we should be doing and, and got along doing the things we wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. You know, my whole life changed when I figured out what I wanted to do with my life. I'm happier. I love waking up to work. I plan my day. You know, I enjoy it. And the podcast was a way for me to start teaching people how to do that because I was teaching that and coaching people one-on-one, -on -one, but the podcast is a way for me to reach more people, to give away this information for free and to help people out that, you know, probably can't afford one-on-one -on -one coaching because one-on-one -on -one coaching is quite expensive. So, you know, this was a way for me to give back, especially I got inspired after COVID because, you know, the world is, is in a weird place right now. People are losing their jobs. People are not knowing what to do. And what better time than to reevaluate your life and say, am I really doing the work that I love doing? And if I'm not, how can I change that? So, so what about your, your journey brought you to that, that point where you, you decided you wanted to change that? I... I had, I was doing a job that I just wasn't interested in. And I, I used to work for, um, health, I used to do electronic medical records in healthcare. And I, so I used to work for UCLA hospital. That was one of my employers and it was, it was a great place to work. They treated you well. My coworkers were amazing. My boss was great. I was working on this project that was helping to improve the way nurses, um, used the computers and and using the computers to help them figure out, okay, is this person more susceptible to infection? You know, so it was just an interesting thing, like using the computer to help you do medicine so that you can improve your patient's quality of care, make sure they don't get sick, make sure they leave the hospital as healthy as possible, right? I thought, you know, why am I not interested in this kind of work. It's good work. It's helping people, but I'm just, I don't want to go to work every day. I don't want to do it. I don't, I just, I just dreaded Mondays. I look forward to Fridays. I realized that I wasn't happy at all. And that made me stop and say, you know, what am I doing with my life? If this isn't making me happy and what in my life do I have to deconstruct and re like reassess for myself that you know, this good work is, is not for me. And that's what really got me started on saying, Hey, you know, I, I have something else that I want to do in the world and can I find it? What is it? What, you know, if it's not this, then how do I get to that place? Yeah. And we're listening to your Jamie says COVID has really given meaning and being in person many, which I think is just true. Uh, this year, I think COVID, uh, forced distinction of habit and many people go through their lives habitually. I think it's, it's programmed into us. It is, it, it makes us, us able to get through a day. Our abilities to generate, generate habits. We become stuck in the habits sometimes and, and don't move on from, from areas we sh should move. They no longer are, they are no longer fulfilling. We've outgrown, uh, the place that we should be. And, uh, and then we find ourselves in a spot where we just question, like, man, why am I, am I doing this? It's not that I don't, I don't like it, I like it, but it got to be more. And exactly. we're, we're to move on from that. And I, and I think with Jamie here uh, that uh, COVID really kicked us out or, or kicked a lot of people out, out of that rut that they were, they were in. And now it's, it's, it's like in season. What do you want to do? You know, figure out. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
it was, I got comfortable, you know, so I know what it's like. I got comfortable in that job. It was a great job. But at the end of the day, I didn't want to wake up for work. And you got to ask yourself, you know, if I don't want to wake up for work, then what do I want to wake up for? And sometimes that question is hard to answer, you know? I think it's many, many people I find don't give enough pause uh, for reflection in their lives to, to and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not especially good at this, but uh, to my credit, I, I am an, I'm an ogre, which, which sometimes helps, helps me sometimes is debilitating, but uh, this opportunity to pause and take an inventory of what's working for me, what's not working for me, and what do I need to change? And what do I want to change? You know, it's, it's sometimes it's not a need, I think, uh, to want. And I'm here just saying, you know, I, I want to do this, and it's just because I want to, and, and have the freedom to go to do it. Yeah, exactly. I think we're, these days we have so much responsibility and we give ourselves so much responsibility that we forget about doing what's fun just for the fun of it or doing something just because you want to and not for any other reason, right? Like people usually want to do something for money or for fame or to get noticed, but don't, you know, don't worry about that stuff for a minute and just do something you want to do. Uh, writing in here, they're saying they have an echo in my voice. Is, are you hearing that too, Min K? I am. I thought it was just me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, know what is happening with, with that. that uh, uh, I'm going to suggest that it's probably the streaming platform that, that I'm on. I'll try and mute, mute myself. Maybe, maybe try and come back. Oh, it's still there. Well, well, that's a shame. The, the, the joys of, of live audio, <laughs> live, live video. Uh, let's see, see if I can, I can reach it up here. here. I don't even, I don't even know what means. I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll press the resync button. I don't know, but no, I don't know what's happening. But but it seems to be happening. Happening. Apologize to all the listeners uh, and viewers. So, so tell me about your process. You you know you you went you this process of trying to figure out what you wanted to do, kind of with your life. What process do you follow when you're coaching people and 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 working with them and them and them? So the key to figuring out what you want to do with your life is to listen to yourself. (laughs) Don't listen to anybody else. Get clear on what you want, who you are, and who you are without anybody else in it. You know, don't... I had to really learn what I wanted for me and not what my parents wanted for me, not what society wanted for me not what my friends wanted for me, right? Society tells you, hey, you gotta, you gotta make a lot of money, you gotta make a million dollars, you gotta save up you know, X amount of money to retire, you have to have a house with uh, a family and three kids and two cars. You know, don't listen to all that. That doesn't, that's not, not everybody wants that. And that's not gonna fit everybody's life, personality and who they truly are. You have to figure out what you truly want outside of what people are telling you you should have. It's it's about getting rid of the shoulds. Should you should do this, you should do that. My mom would always tell me, "Oh, you should get a stable job so that you can have a money coming in." You know, but re- in reality for me, I hated being at a stable job. I hated having a boss. I didn't like people telling me what to do. When I realized that I needed to be my own boss, that was the scariest thing because all my life I had been taught you need a stable job. But entrepreneurship is not that stable at all. (laughs) And until you create the stability in your own business, you're gonna be unstable for a while. And that's okay, actually, you know, it was just a perception that my parents didn't think it was okay. They think that stability is better than instability. But I don't, you know, for me, I'm okay with instability. 
for me, I, I'm, I like instability. I kind of relish it a little bit because I need my day to be different. I need my day to change and I need to be able to decide what I want to do every day for myself. And so this is the kind of life that I want, you know, the kind of life that my parents preferred. They probably don't like stability, instability. They really hated being in, unstable. And so they're, they projected what they wanted for themselves on me. Yeah. Yeah, and so you really have to get rid of what other people are telling you what you want and really dig deep and figure out who you are what and what you want and why because that's really going to lead you to what's perfect for you. You know, getting rid of what people are telling you what you should do and what you should want is just getting in your way. Well, I, I, I like what you say about stability. And double, double check, is, is my echo gone yet? Uh, it's still there. It's it's still okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna make one one cheer and then I'm gonna t- I've, I've got thought on stability stability to bring out. Okay. My echo still there. Oh, it's better. It's better. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Great. We'll leave it on that then. I have okay. a backup mic here. Um, so the stability is kind of a falsehood, right? Uh, I was talking to. Uh, uh, lady yesterday and and there was an in her organization you know she always wanted she always wanted some sort of stability and um, then found you know that suddenly there was somebody who had been stealing uh, from the organization and you know what what they thought was stable wasn't uh, because of something they didn't you know didn't see or didn't understand and that was that kind of kicked them out of that that rut or that habit and said, well, okay, so these things that are so stable suddenly aren't. And the COVID did that for us as well. It's on global, you know, on a global scale. The economies that we thought would serve us and the the habits that we thought that we had and the places that we went and the people that we saw, all of those things are gone. And now we're forced to find stability in new ways. And, and find relationships in new ways and connection in new ways and utilize some of the, you know, the, the tools at our fingertips. Uh, you know, I, somebody had jokingly said, that, you know, corporate America took, you know, a decade of, of transformation and made it in like three months in terms of working virtually. You know, large organizations that never would have said, let's send everybody home, suddenly were like, we have to send everybody home. And it was a forced, it was thrust upon us and, what a huge opportunity. And if necessity is the mother of invention, well, think of all the necessity that has been birthed out of this time uh, and what new inventions uh, for us personally are, are we able to have? And then corporately, you know, what are our, what are, or about, what are our organizations or our governments? What new things can come of this that are good, you know, good or transformative in some way? Yeah, exactly. You know, this is a time of unrest, but it's always before the unrest that you see a lot of change and birth of new things and innovation. And I'm excited for 2021, you know, the number of podcasts that popped up for during COVID is, is probably a lot. And there's so much good information out there now that people just want to help and put news and, and thoughts out there in the world that are going to be good for people. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I know for for me, I started with co- I started coffee with humans back in April, and it started really as just an an understanding that people were feeling disconnected in profound ways in the world, and I thought I can do something about this and utilize some of my strengths uh, for building connection and and my strengths in technology to just be able to make this stuff happen, you know, overnight. Um, and I put out there just, hey, anybody want to have coffee with me, I'll have coffee with you. The only rule is no sales calls. And boom, like people just started showing up. Uh, and it's and it is simply continued. Um, and I think it it's interesting to me the what I've discovered through that or what I've experienced is what I thought was true, which is people are starved for connection. And and um just offering it, offering the ability to just have a raw, unfiltered connection just with another person, um, is it's unique. It's it is interesting how unique and remarkable uh, people feel that it is. But that speaks, I think, to our society and 
uh, maybe this, maybe in particular this time. Um, um, but yeah, I think it's proven to me my my uh, perception that regardless of who we are as individuals, you know, across cultures and across uh, socioeconomic, uh, you know, striations or whatever you want to call it. Um, at the end of the day, we all have, we're all human on some level. And there's, there's a continuity between, a, between all of us in the things that we care about, the things that we hope for, the things that we fear. And, and we really, we long for those moments when we can just connect with another human and, and grow in some meaningful way. Yeah. Wow. You said that so well, and I couldn't have said it better, right? We all want the same things, love, connection, support, understanding. And I think everybody is capable of giving it. If you just start with a very sincere, you know, hello, who are you? How are you? Sort of like the way your website was, it was just a very sincere, like, let's have coffee. Let's just talk to each other. You know, there's no agenda, you know, don't sell anything, just hang out and enjoy hanging out with another person that you've never met before. Yeah. I find that for me, at least, um, that's where, where, where growth I think begins. It's the ability to look past the facade because we all carry around some sort of facade and that's actually had, uh, it wasn't an argument. It felt like an argument the other day. I was driving around the car talking with some guy who was going to be on Coffee with Humans in the future. I think he's in January sometime. And and I said, no sales calls. And he said, well, you know, we're always selling. And then we got into the same thing about how, you know, we're always selling something and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, and he says, it sounds like you're afraid of sales. And I was like, I am not afraid of sales. I'm an excellent <laughs> salesperson. Um, I said, but sales tends to, if, if I have an intention that the thing I need to get out of this is to sell you something you, that we need to tr- make a transaction here. I am going to posture in some way to make sure that you, uh, to make sure that I am, I've dialed it up enough. I've dialed myself up enough. I've dialed this thing up enough that you're going to, that you're going to buy it. And it doesn't make it bad. That process is not inherently bad, but there, but if you ripped that all off, there's something underneath and that's where you, who you are as an individual. <laughs> and I just want to know you as an individual because like there are 8 billion people, you know, almost on the planet. Like, and we, and if you count, you could probably count on one or two hands. I think most of us could count on one or two hands, the quantity of people that we really know. Mm-hmm. So and everybody true. else is just at this distance. And it's like, I kind of know you, but I really don't. And you don't really know me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I wanted to come in with the intention of just to, to hang out and yeah. to be here and to be open to whatever you're interested in and talking about because, you know, that's I feel like that's the intention of your show is just to talk about and to have that intention to connect, not have the intention to sell anything or to bring something at the end that people can buy or listen to or subscribe to. Like it doesn't that stuff is just doesn't really matter right now. Right. <laughs> Not in this moment. <laughs> and it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that. So, so I, 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 um, I think you, you mentioned you saw my website for the coffee with humans and, mm-hmm. and, it, and I think the thing on there, it says, um, uh, a sacred, it's uh, a sacred space to connect, share and change the world. And that's yeah. the intention, right? Connect and, uh, and to connect with people. I think we have to wipe away a bit of that facade yes. to really develop the true connection um, or the beginnings of it at least and be and offer ourselves out there in, in a, I think the buzzword is an authentic, right? Authenticity, right? That's the buzzword lately. Um, so we offer ourselves in some more authentic way, encouraging the other person to offer themselves in an authentic way and recognizing that, that that's enough in this space. It's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's enough, then I can share, you can share. And if we, all, and if we walk into this moment with the intention that we're going to make our, our personal world and our sphere of influence, whatever that world is defined as, a better place, we have the ability to do that. It is within our authority and responsibility, I think, both of those, to do that. 
Because if we're not doing that, I don't know what we're doing. But why, why are we wasting an hour of our own lives, right? If we, you know, if we weren't trying to move ourselves in a direction um, with another person, right? Like if, if I want to, you know, if I want to play a video game or something like that, that's up to me, right? Mm-hmm. But I would never bring somebody else into that and say, you know what? I think you should just sit there and watch a video game with me. <laughs> You know, I think you should waste a little bit of time. Yeah. Like I am, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if two people come together, it's like, all right, like let's, let's do something valuable. And to me, it's just valuable to make connections. So I think we're on the same page. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the space and for setting that intention and, you know, creating that, you know, what is the word like feeling, you know, even though we're online and we're doing this in different places, like it just feels yeah. good to hang out with you and not worry about, oh, what am I doing? I'm just talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's odd. I think it's odd to people. Um, but whatever. <laughs> uh, just come in with so. the mindset that everybody's your friend. I think that's what I try to do in life. You know, everybody that I meet is my friend and that way it's just easy to talk to them and be there and hang out. That's a, that's a really good point that you bring up. I, I have historically had a really hard time with that because I have been, um, admittedly closed a, a bit closed off from people, right? It's, it is, it's my natural tendency. It's my personality tendency. And I find solace in being alone and quiet and in, you know, very few people, but it was interesting as a contrast, a very good friend of mine for a number of years. Um, he would talk to people and be like, everybody was his friend. And I had no idea. I could not understand that. I was like, that's not true. They're my acquaintance. They're not my friend. And, and that was me. That was me holding, yeah. holding myself distant from people. It wasn't people were trying to be distant from me. I was holding myself distant from people, which then made me think, and, and live kind of out of a way, well, they must be trying to be distant from me. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be distant from them and you're just, you're just playing, you're kind of playing their cards for them. Yeah. Like, not doing that. Yeah. You know? Wow. Well, that's an awesome like mindset shift of, yeah. oh, okay, everybody can be my friend and it's me that's determining whether they're my friend or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so true. People can read body language. People can read you know, the words that aren't there, they can read your energy and just decide like, oh, this guy doesn't want to talk to me. I'm going to go away. <laughs> totally. It's a sixth sense, right? Yeah. Uh, that we all understand. It's across cultures. Um, everybody across the world understands these certain things. I've done studies on emotion. If you show a picture of certain emotions, sadness, uh, grief, happiness, joy, uh, these these like uh, even even small these micro emotions uh, across cultures, it's very consistent. We can all read them, regardless of the language we speak, the place we were born in, all of the, you know the money we make. We can all read them, mm-hmm. and we read each other's energies in, in a, I think in a way that, to me, um, just kind of proves the point. Like we have a lot of ability to create our world around us. And we should, we should be about the creative process. Yeah, totally. I think that people don't realize that power that they have and that the mind is so, like you said, creates the world around you. Like just having that shift of, oh, everybody can be my friend, changes your whole perception on people and then on people's perception on you. So then your life shifts a little more. So, you know, can you move through life challenging your own beliefs, challenging your own conceptions about, okay, what is, what, how am I supposed to be? Or how is, how do I want to be, you know, how do I want to live my life in those little ways too, of connecting it? You know, if I want more connection, I have to reach out. I have to be vulnerable. I have to say, I want connection. You can't just expect people to, connect with you without letting them know right you're totally right i um i've yeah i've I've known some folks who openly talk about well nobody connects with me and well you know that's just my kind of my place in life and i i push back against that i understand that people are built in different ways i but i 
my my instinct is to push back against that and say no i'm not certain that that's it's, it's not that simple i think you're making yourself by walking into that space and saying well nobody connects with me you're drawing that energy out to like whoa i'm not sure i want to connect with that person they're unconnectable yeah. because of that those unspoken things the body language and all these things 70 right was, was it somebody you'll probably know this better than me i think it's like 70 percent of our communication is nonverbal, and before we've spoken a word we've said everything we've said the majority of what we needed to say before we even opened our mouths <laughs> yeah totally i um i live with my boyfriend and whenever we interact if I start to come off with this angry, like, uh, why did you do that? Instantly he reacts to that. He knows, okay, this girl's mad at me. (laughs) I don't want to, you know, like back off. And even before I say anything, he can tell, he can feel what I'm feeling. And that just sets the whole tone for our conversation. And so I've had to really figure out, okay, how do I dial it back? What do I do? Like, why am I reacting that way? And, yeah, so you got to ask yourself, you know, what am I doing that's not allowing connection? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, I always had this, my third grade teacher had this saying, and she would say, it takes two to tango because one person would get called out for doing something bad or talking in class. And she would say, well, actually it takes two to tango. So who are you talking to? Who is getting you to do that bad thing? Because she would call us because she knew you know, it takes two people to interact. It takes two people to create a, to create a situation where she's going to call on you. Yeah. And it's the same thing. If you're, if you feel like people aren't connecting with you, you know, what are you doing? That's not connecting with them. It's a two way street. It's not that only people should always connect with you. You have to reach out back and you have to provide that space too. Yeah. I, I, I like that. The other the thing that comes to my mind building on that is, is if we are living in a point of recognition of that moment where it's like, what am I doing? That might lead us to the responsibility to, to put ourselves out there to inspire the other person to connect. Because a lot, I think a lot of times uh, people, I just, if, if, if I'm a, you know, a representative of some people at least, there are times when I don't, where, where it's an uphill battle for me to connect, right? I'm an introvert. I might find myself in a space where I just like, it's a lot of energy and I just don't want to, not that I'm unwilling, but it's like, okay, I, if somebody else could put forth the effort here, that'd be good right now because it's going to cost me so much to come out and open up. And, and so I've found myself in times now understanding that where it's like, okay, that person I think that is going to need some help. They, they want to connect. I believe everybody wants to connect. Um, but what, what can I do to assist that other person in, in, in recognizing Mm -hmm. it's a safe space. It's a low impact space, uh, to, to say what they want to say or do what they want to do, um, to join the discussion when they, when they just feel it's, it's harder for them. Right. So how can we make it easier for each other? I think in those moments is what comes to my mind. Yeah, you. Even though you know it's hard to connect, and you you sympathize with that, you see the benefit of helping somebody else connect, and that's your motivation to like to step out and do something like that, which yeah. is great. I think that that's a good way to think. I also would challenge you to think, okay, what? How does it help me? Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it's good to work for other people, but don't forget yourself. You know, you're gonna get something out of this connection too. And even though it's easy, you know, as I'm an introvert too, and it's easy to know, okay, I'm going to be happy sitting and watch TV. I have to remind myself, oh, I'm going to be happy talking to my best friend too. Yeah. Because sometimes I think, oh, I don't want to call them. Just calling them is so hard. (laughs) But they're my best friend. And every time I hang out with them, I... I have fun. So I just have to remind myself, I'm going to have a good time if I, <laughs> right. if I reach out. <laughs> it does. It, sometimes it does take that reminder, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hey, the struggle's real, right? So, uh, so we don't get, we don't have to plumb the depths of everything deep. And, uh, you said you rock climb as well. Mm-hmm. I'm what? an avid rock climber. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
it's just fun. <laughs> it's right. fun to get on the rock and be outside. And I mean, I started in a gym because I couldn't do a pull up at first, but then once I started getting stronger and being able to do pull ups, you know, that that was a huge thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> being able to do one pull up is a huge thing. And so just seeing myself get better and stronger and it's a very technical sport. Okay. Like you have to, there's so much finesse to it where you, where you put your foot, how you balance your body, how you hold yourself against the wall. There's so much like full body interaction with the rock and with the, your surroundings. And the excitement is you don't want to fall. <laughs> Right. Even I'm on a rope, so I'm safe, but you still don't want to fall. Right. <laughs> and that's the challenge. So you're trying to get up this wall and you're trying to do it with this as much strength, as much finesse and yeah. technical ability as you can to use the least amount of energy. And then, you know, be able to say, oh, I got to the top. And then you come back down and you do it again and you find something else. Yeah. I, uh, I've said this story before, but I learned to rock climb because I was afraid of heights oh. and I didn't want to be afraid of heights anymore. And so I thought, well, what can I do about that? Uh, I'll learn to rock climb. Did, and it, I, did it cure you? Uh, it did cure me. Yes. I still have to reacclimate, you know, when I first get on the rock, you know, during the summertime or where, if I go to a new place, I have to reacclimate myself to the heights. But what changed for me was it took, um, it took the nebulous fear of imminent death. This is the moment when there's an earthquake, all the rocks fall apart. You know, I mean, it was like this nebulous, everything <laughs> terrible could happen in this moment. And it made a very specific fear uh, at a specific times, which are now related to, oh, did I, did I clip in? Now I yeah. no, double check it, great. Did I put my gear in right? Oh, double check it, right? So it took the nebulous fear of the unknown, made it very specific and actionable. Mm -hmm. And that's that was the benefit of walking through that moment of fear, that gateway. I talk about fear as a gateway, right? Walking through that gateway of fear and learning to understand so that all the, the unknowns were reduced. I, mm -hmm. I, got, the, I got these ans answers to questions I didn't even know I had by simply experiencing it. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize how safe rock climbing can be because mm. you're right. Like you clip into certain places, you put anchors in, you use safe gear, <clears throat> you, you have a harness. That's, you know, a really safe, you check everything. We check each other before we go up. You know, it's a very, <clears throat> it can be a very safe sport. And I think you know, the barrier for a lot of people is that, oh, I'm going to get hurt or I could get hurt or something, you know, and that is a possibility, you know, but there are a lot of ways and things that we do to prevent that. And like you said, it just teaches you that you do have some control over what's around you and what's going on. And it's not this nebulous black hole of bad things are going to happen to you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, some, yep. sometimes it's good some fun you can be fun and it, good things can happen to you yeah and i think the the uh the fear you know like you said you know you, you still want to you don't want to fall you're safe nothing probably is going to happen to you um but there's still that fear in the back and there's a little bit of fear that kind of keeps at least for me uh, and the folks have been up with there. There's a little bit of fear. It keeps them going. It's like, oh, I want to get to the top. I want to. I want to hold on to that rock. I don't want to fall because there's just a little bit of anxiety. It's like just a little bit of background anxiety. Um, but you know, inevitably, you, you try and it's freeing as well because you know you're safe, and so you can try doing things that. Um, it's like, well, if I, you know, if I have to really stretch for that, if I really jump for that or something like that, you know, and I fall. Well, it's thrilling as well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm glad you think that it's thrilling and it's not scary anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that it's scary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just not crippling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, one of the things you learn as a rock climber is how to fall. Yeah. Which is so valuable too. It's just, you gotta be okay with, you gotta be okay with falling and it's, and it's, you're totally safe. You're not going to get hurt. 
but it's a mind thing. It's a brain thing. You just you just gotta let go. And it's such it's such a practice every time I try something hard to trust that okay, I'm I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. yeah. What um I'm curious, you, you seem like a, a person who kind of evaluates their experiences and then tries to learn lessons uh, to carry forward. In, in your mind, having learned rock climbing and, and all the thoughts around uh, fear and motivation and trust, and uh, how, do you, how do you draw those back into your coaching when, you're, when you see those elements at play in somebody else? Because it's, sometimes I think we don't see them quite clearly in ourselves, but we see them very clearly in some other people when we're looking for them. How do you see those things translating and what do you do with it? That's a really good question. And one of the things that my coaching teacher, so I went and got training to be a coach, he, he taught me is that with every session, you get as much out of the session as your client will. Mm. And that was, once I started coaching, that was so true because every session I learn something from my client or I see myself in them or I give them advice that I should take myself. <laughs> and it makes me reevaluate, you know, what am I doing? How can I get better? What can I do for myself? Or, you know, what has my client been through that I've been through that I can relate with? And, you know, I see them get to realizations and their realizations help me get to my own realizations because I'm asking them questions that are objective, that are honest, that are, I'm not trying to save them from being hurt. You know, I'm trying to ultimately get to a goal that's gonna be better for them, even if we have to walk through the pain, right? And so who does that for you? You know, not a lot of people do that for you because they wanna protect you. They want you to, they think that protecting you is better, you know, but it's not always. And so I do learn so much from all my sessions. And it's, it's, that's the joy of coaching, I think, is, is learning through my clients and growing with them and becoming a better person because of them. And, you know, also knowing a lot of other coaches <laughs> through my coaching program so that I can get coached too and realize like, I'm, I'm not perfect. I need help sometimes. I need to work on myself and I need to work on these things that, are, are showing up for me. Yeah, that's a good point. The idea that you're getting out, you're, you're getting as much out of the session as the person that you're speaking with. I think that's very insightful, um, particularly because some of the things that we know to be true are just very difficult to live out and it doesn't make them any less true. It just, and, and when we speak it to someone else, I found sometimes that like, as I, as the words are escaping my mouth, it's just like, it's like <laughs> fine, I'll say it. It's true. And then I, and, but as it's like work, it's working its way through me. It's like, would you learn this to do it? You know? And, and it's like, I'm going to say it to you. Cause I need to say it to myself. And yeah. it keeps me, um, when I can sit, I think in a posture of, um, I'm not sure if the word is humility, but when I consider sit in a posture of learning, uh, and acceptance and a bit of grace for myself, I can say the things I know to be true, also recognizing that I'm having a terribly difficult time with it. But as I tell you, I encourage me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that relationship with yourself. That's mm -hmm. this new concept in the world of self-care is becoming a thing, you know, taking care of yourself, realizing that it's better to be healthy, not skinny, or it's better to be fit, not thin. It's, it's, I see the world changing and shifting into this world of who am I and how do I take care of myself better? And it, it brings to light this relationship that you have with yourself and what you say to yourself is a thing. Yeah. That's not something we used to talk about before, but how you talk to yourself, what you say to yourself is important. So like you said, is it, you know, saying something to somebody else, but also as a reminder to yourself, okay, I need to do that too. Also holding yourself accountable, holding, thinking, okay, I'm telling somebody else to do this thing. I need to take my own advice. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, I think that underscores for me in our interpersonal relationships, 
uh, whether, uh, I shouldn't say whether, in our interpersonal relationships, having, having those relationships that are open and uh, authentic, right, offering ourselves into that space, um, I think that's where we get to the bottom of some of these things of, hey, you know, here's what I'm struggling with and here's what I need help with, uh, or here's the things I'm really terrible at. Can you, you know, can you offer me, uh, you know, a way through or um, who do I connect with? I think when we withhold portions of ourselves, I think just we, we short circuit our ability to learn and to grow in ways that, um, in ways that are healing right for ourselves as we as we work through the the challenges of of life yeah being vulnerable is so hard because we're taught okay don't cry in front of people don't tell them what's wrong you should always be good you should always be amazing you should always be positive but the reality of the world is not that right (laughs) every day has ups and downs and you got to be honest with yourself with what's going on and if you hold back then you know you get upset you bottle things up and then it comes back you know it it never goes away i think people are figuring out it's not going to go away if you push it away you have to address it for it to go away yeah, you have to deal. Yeah, you definitely have to deal with it, and and it's helpful to deal with that in the space of somebody else who's who uh, will listen, right? And also be able to see the things that we are unable to see, yeah, the thing, the things that are in our blind spot that we are we are maybe not even aware of because we are not we can't see those things, or we've turned our eyes away from that and we refuse. You know, there's there's the refusal of of uh, seeing things about ourselves as well that other people see because they can go away like you said they're still there we're just like no it's not it's it's like when you're dating somebody that's not good for you and all your friends are telling you why are you dating them what's wrong with you and then you still you're like no but i love them they're great and you just can't you're so blind to it you can't see it and yeah yeah and it because they're your friends, you know they're going to love you anyway, so you don't listen to them. <laughs> but if they're all saying the same thing, you got to stop and reevaluate. <laughs> right? That's the uh, what's the old saying? When everyone around you is crazy, uh, you're the crazy one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so you also mentioned that you um, we talked a little bit about energy, and and I'm curious. Um, we've got 13 minutes left or so. Uh, I'm curious energy. You, I think you mentioned energy healing. Mm-hmm. Talk yeah. to me more. I'm in, so, I'm very curious about this. <laughs> so my other career, my other job is as a body worker, which body work is like an umbrella term that includes massage therapy, um, stretching energy work and energy. I think people are starting to realize is a part of your body. Like we were saying, once you get into somebody's space, you notice their energy, you notice mm-hmm. how they're feeling, if their energy's up, if their energy's down. You can tell by body language. You can also tell by just feeling. Sometimes you you come up to a person and you feel like they're angry or you feel like they're sad. And yeah, some things you can tell like in their face, they might look sad, but sometimes they don't. And you can still tell how they're feeling. It's because your body projects that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And we have this sixth sense that we can sense other people's energy. Yeah, it's like sometimes you're so attuned to someone like your best friend or your partner, and you know what they're feeling, even though you're not with them. Mm-hmm. You might think, oh, you know, something's going on with them. And then you give them a call, and maybe they just were in a car accident, and you're like, oh, I knew it. It's because you're connected to them through that that energy because you're so attuned to them and their energy. Everybody has a specific energy signature based on who they are, their personality, what they're like. So when you're with somebody, you're around them and their energy. And your energy can get blocked, stuck, congested due to emotion, stress, like I said, like I'm saying, fear, anger, frustration, those kinds of things get in the way of your natural flow of the energy in your body. And they affect you physically. 
So knots, tension, tension that you don't know where it came from, right? Everybody has stress, holds their stress in their shoulders, some kind of stress in their shoulders. Everybody's shoulders are tight. You know, one out of a thousand people are not stressed in their shoulders. <laughs> I think everybody has tension there, but not everybody's doing, you know, shoulder presses all day. Right. Right. So where does that tension come from? It's, it's the emotion of the stress. You're subconsciously tensing your body when you're thinking about something stressful. And on an energetic level, the energy gets constricted there too. Is this making sense? Yeah. So you would say that your mind, I, I'm paraphrasing this and bringing some of my own understanding into this conversation. Our minds, our bodies, our spirits are all interconnected and one feeds off and plays into the other one. And so we might have, and I, and I agree with you, this high idea of energy, it's one of those things that um, we, we intuitively know, we might describe it across cultures and, and experiences, we might, describe the, we might describe it differently, but we all know when so-and-so walks into the room you know, you just, it's like, you can feel, well, when we walk into a room, we can feel what the energy is in the room. We can feel the energy of the people that we care about. And we know when something's not right. Um, and, and that's just like, it's, uh, it's unexplainable. Um, but we also know, like you say, uh, and uh, we have stress, right? There are stressors and we work out that stress in certain ways. It's in our communication. It's, it's uh, in our bodies, um, and if and if our body's not feeling good, then our spirit's not feeling. It's like it's it's a I don't know. It's an inter, it is an interconnection. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Yeah, it's the mind body connection is what really got me into studying this body work and knowing and understanding it because we can hold stress from our childhood that we don't realize is still there in our muscles. And until you recognize what's going on and have someone help you or even even release it yourself, either through forgiveness or compassion or understanding, or even just maybe you need the physical touch of helping someone release that tension, the tension is going to remain there and it could cause you pain, could be chronic, could build on it, could build and build and build until it's this unexplainable pain or back pain that you have. And then, you know, people want to, you go to the doctors and nobody can tell you what's wrong. There's nothing physically wrong with your bones and your structure, but you still have this pain and you go to the therapist, massage therapist to work it out, but you have to go every week. Yeah. You know, that's not a way to live you can resolve that pain, but you have to know where it comes from. And it's usually through mind, body, emotion, stress, trauma that you go through that eventually lands in your energy and in your body. So yeah. that- There's a book that comes to my mind called, I think it's called The Body Keeps the Score. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good book to read. Um, I have to keep thinking of some some books. Um, yeah, the body keeps the score: mind, brain, and body in the transformation of trauma, and 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 it talks about in particular trauma. And I and I think you know trauma is on the extreme, but uh, stress, right, is a form of tra I think a, a form of like micro trauma, right? But mm -hmm. in in times of trauma, they uh, the the, it underscores this idea that the mind, the body, and the brain are all connected, and emotional trauma whole, is held in our bodies, and we become programmed sometimes. Particularly emotional, particularly trauma, um, it develops a path, a pathway, right? So, like, how do you feel? How do you feel? It's oh, my skin is tingling. I'm I'm stressed. I'm I'm anxious. I'm scared. Whatever. My skin is tingling, and if we've, and if our body keeps making that pathway that tingling skin all of a sudden goes, oh my gosh, I must be, you know, I must be stressed oh, or I'm stressed and I'm tingling, right? It all of a sudden is all connected and getting to the root of it to understand what's going on, how did it happen, where is that at? And then working with somebody to move through it um, starts to release some of those things. 
from ourselves, our minds, our bodies, uh, and our spirits. Uh, I think it's it's fascinating. I, I know it to be true. I mean, I've, I've talked with other folks about this, and I've read some of these books. Yeah, totally. And it's there are a lot of good books out there on from different perspectives, from doctors, from psychologists, from body workers, and just people who figured it out. Um, and I think that it, the world, the medi- like the world of medicine, is moving towards that understanding. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine was going through a lot of stomach pain and weakness issues, and going back to the doctor, and the doctor actually told them, "Oh, you know, we've done all these scans, we've done all these tests. Your body is healthy. You know, is it your mind? Are you going through something?" And I was really proud of that doctor to, and to know that doctors are asking that, you know, if it's not a physical thing, is it a psychological thing? And, you know, sometimes it is. Sometimes we're going through so much stress that our body reacts in a way that seems like we're sick, you know, but really it's, it's, it's the trauma, this whatever we're going through, like COVID, like being stressed out that you might get sick and die, you know, that's a real thing. And that's going to affect your body negatively if you keep thinking about that possibility. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice do you uh, do you have? I mean, we're winding down here in the last couple of minutes. What advice do you have as a, as a coach and a person who is uh, introspective on, the, on your own life and have... Uh, have kind of moved you you do some things that are kind of outside the norm right off the path you know in terms mm-hmm. of rock climbing and put yourselves you put yourself in what would be very stressful situations for a lot of people what advice do you have for people who uh kind of find maybe themselves in that moment of like yeah i, I feel like i feel like this could all be interconnected i feel like i'm dealing with something but where do i go where do i start with ask for help ask for help any which way it might feel weird it might feel hard to do if you don't if you're not used to asking for help and it also you know if you ask for help and you don't find the help you get don't get discouraged you know look somewhere else because certain people aren't going to be able to help you and that's okay you know they don't know what can help you but someone out there does someone out there can help you and is willing to help you and you just have to find that person. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I know it can be hard to keep going and to figure out your life, but, and I think a lot of people struggle with, oh, I have to figure it out on my own. But that's such a huge misconception. And it's in reality, we don't do anything on our own, you know, from when we're a baby to when we can eat on our own, we get fed. You know, before we learn to read, it's someone teaches us to read. And I think that American culture focuses on, you know, you do this, you do, you're individual, you're independent. But really, we're actually a big community of people helping each other. Yeah. You know, that's that's the reality of it. And we don't, we just don't realize it because we put so much importance on being independent and individual. And yes, you are individual and you're independent, but it's because your community has helped you become so. And so don't forget that you have a community out there that's gonna help you and that can help you. And if you can't find the help in your immediate community, you know, start looking outside, asking questions, just putting questions out there. Go, you know, go to the library, go to podcasts, go to books. You know, there's so much information out in the world. We just have to find what's right for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How do people get in contact with you? If they want to know more about the, the energy healing and coaching and that type of stuff, where, how do, where do they go? Yeah, I have a website. It's okay. minku.com. So my name spelled with two I's, M-I-I-N-K-A-Y-Y-U.com. That is my website. You can get to my podcast there. You can learn about my body work information there. You can um, find my email is coach at minku.com. Cool. I have an Instagram called Coach Min K. You can find me there too. Yeah. What, do, yeah. what kind of stuff do you post on your Instagram? Uh, I'm doing 31 days of live Instagramming this month oh, to yeah? challenge myself to go live and just to like 
public speak and practice my ability to talk to people (laughs) and get over that. And I'm just trying to, you know, give little tidbits of information every day. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks to all of our listeners for uh, joining us for Coffee with Humans. Min K, this is fantastic. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to meet you. Uh, if you hold on for just a minute, I'll be back with you in just a second. But everybody else, thanks for joining us. Any last words as we go, Coach? Min K? Thank. I just want to say thank you, Jason, to, for having me here and for creating this safe space and for, you know, also being a rock climber so we could talk about rock climbing. <laughs> this was fun. Awesome. Thanks. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have, meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.